0: With the first pick.
1: Welcome back into another episode of the Daft On Draft podcast. Again, last week we talked a little bit of Combine. free agencies underway. We're going to work through our... Um, our linebacker rankings, are down to linebackers, running backs, and quarterbacks. Um, so we'll get to linebackers today. Uh, we also have some NFL draft, you know, big trade news to, to go over. But before we get into anything, again, Devin, we're here. How
0: are you, man? Good. Just trying to, every time I pop on Twitter, there's three new uh, free agency deals, even though they're small. So uh, just trying to keep up, keep up with it. Um, went somewhere today. And I was like, uh, maybe I should check. It's been it was like twenty, twenty-five minutes. So I was like, yeah, uh, maybe I should check, see if anything Philly relayed, and then the Eagles resign uh James Bradbury to a three year deal, which no one <laughs> saw coming. So it's it's a wild week, man. Uh to, it to is. it's it's a wild week.
1: It's cause it's moving so slow and then spurts, and it's moving so slow in Spurts. Like, last year, like, Schefter and Rappaport were dropping 1201 bombs, like, on, on, and then, like, it's like, all right, it's 1215, all right, it's 1220, it's 1230, and it was like, probably 1230 before that T.J. Edwards the Bears deal came out, like, we waited a long time for that first deal, and I just, I like, I just sat here, refreshing, 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 so, uh, I think teams are a little more worried about tampering, and a little bit more worried about fines and losing picks, because the NFL's kind of picked up on it over the past couple of years, so. Oh, for sure. Uh. But it's been a, a little bit slower, a little bit slower. Um, So uh, we don't need to, again, we're a draft podcast, so we don't need to talk too much about, about free agency. But, Devin, there was a big, big trade last week, right on the, the verges of free agency, as the Chicago Bears struck an agreement with the Carolina Panthers to ship out the number one pick. They fall back to nine and pick up a ton of assets, including wide receiver DJ Moore, who uh I saw his dad. He's 25 years old. Uh, where DJ Moore sits right now in his career and receiving yards, he would be the best wide receiver in Chicago bears franchise history.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the trade itself, we heard rumblings of Carolina being interested in, in one at the combine. Um, a lot of people were expecting the Colts to make the move, but even the Colts people were like, uh, "I we don't think so. We don't think it would be us that make the move. And, Carolina swoops in and gets the number one pick. Now it's who are they gonna pick? I mean, everyone expects it to to be CJ Stroud and probably should be mm-hmm. CJ Stroud, but of course there's a Anthony Richardson allure. Uh maybe they like Bryce Young. I, I would be very surprised if they if they chose Will Levis out of all four. Mm-hmm. Um so to me, I think it probably comes down to Stroud or Richardson. So we'll see what they want. Uh, I mean, they've gone the Richardson type of archetype before, obviously with with Cam Newton and what he was able to do with Carolina. So we'll see. Um, they they certainly have their work cut out for them because I mean, DJ Moore departing that room is, is certainly not going to help the uh, quarterback coming in. Um, I know they got Terrace Marshall and some other guys on that roster, but um, they will definitely need to be active either via trade or via uh, the draft in terms of uh, bringing some more uh, receiver talent. But it, sh- it was certainly a, a big deal and, and, and shakes up things. And finally, the Bears, are we can stop talking about them, possibly <laughs> replacing Justin Fields.
1: Right, right. This Hall, though, again, we talked a little bit about it. DJ Moore, the ninth overall pick, the 61st overall pick this year, a 2024 first rounder, and a 2025 second rounder. Uh, and DJ Moore had offers for a first round pick at the deadline. So that's essentially another first round pick. So the, the bears came out pretty handsomely here, came out pretty handsomely. So again, we know Carolina is going for the pants. They're going for quarterback. Uh, I don't buy any of their, Oh, we could trade down. If you know, we feel confident we can get our guys somewhere. No, they're not. That's, that's, that's bogus. Uh, they're, they're sitting there when they're taking a quarterback again, I tend to think it's probably CJ Stroud as well. Um, that's a lot of assets to gamble. Uh, I would say for, an extreme outlier the way that Bryce Young is an extreme outlier with the size. Um, again, he's a really good quarterback and I don't think we can, we can really debate that, but man, he's tiny. So uh, if, if they're going to go that way and looking at the, the mold of quarterbacks that Frank Reich has worked with, uh, he thrives with, with pocket passers who have the ability to create a little bit, but, uh, I don't know if what we saw in, in Indianapolis is a really good representation because he always got stuck with vets. Like uh, he he advocated for Carson Wentz, so that one's kind of on him. But like he got stuck with Jacoby Brissett and Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz, so it's like yeah, get this. And then Matt Ryan this year, you know. So like I don't know if this guy's ever had the chance to actually mold a quarterback. But I think C.J. Stroud and Frank Reich is a is a tremendous pairing. Uh, but now we get to talk about a little bit about like what's Chicago going to do at nine. And again, we're in the midst of free agency, and Chicago has a ton of money still, so that can really alter things as well. Like Orlando Brown is still on the market; they were interested in Mike McGlinchey, so they could pay a, a, an offensive tackle and decide they don't want to go there at nine. But uh, as it stands, they still need an offensive tackle. So, Devin, what do you what are you thinking that the, the mindset of the Bears is heading into that ninth overall pick now?
0: Yeah, I think they I think they're going to continue to be active in, in the kind of the the rest of the tackle market and see what they can get for possibly Orlando Brown or uh whoever is left, but I mean if they don't get a, a tackle in free agency, I I think they should strongly consider taking one at nine. Um Paris Johnson Jr. seems like a ready made fit for that team. Um obviously teammate of Justin Fields uh back in the day. Um so I think that would be a great option. Maybe they go the Skoronsky route and have a guy, you know, people debating whether he should be a guard or tackle, but I think he, he could be a pretty good left tackle, uh, for the bears, uh, someone that's, that's going to come in and be ready to play and, uh, compete at the highest level. So to me, I think those are probably the top two options at tackle wise, but there's always you can bring in another receiver. You can get a Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and really mm-hmm. go all in on, uh, your weaponry. So they, they have some good options at nine. And then obviously they, they don't have to get in the receiver class at nine. They could wait. Uh, Into the second round, obviously, they have that 61st pick now, too. So you're going to have some pretty good day two receivers as well that you can add to the crop that, uh, you know, could be really good Uh, alongside DJ Moore. Obviously, Darnell Mooney, too. Um, Chase Claypool is is in that mix. So they they have a good assortment of receivers uh, on on staff already. But I think you can can even bolster a little bit more if you don't go the tackle route at nine. But to me, it's got to be tackle or, or receiver. Uh, if, if if you're the Bears.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think Edge is a little bit sneaky as well. They just signed, you know, they signed a defensive tackle on Demarcus Walker, but they're still missing an edge. So I think that could be sneaky. Right now they have Dominique Robinson and Travis Gibson, two day, three picks, you know, at Edge. And, and you know, the talk of the combine was the Bears like Tyree Wilson. So uh there's also talk that Tyree Wilson could go above Will Anderson so I mean if team lets Will Anderson fall there they would happily take him I think but I think Tyree and Tyree Wilson could be a sneaky pick at nine as well but I think I think we're right on the money wide receiver edge offensive tackle we'll see how the rest of free agency plays out that'll that'll shake up a little bit uh because again there are a couple good offensive tackles still in the market so um and the Bears are flush with cash so we'll see how that kind of plays out but but I think we' we're, we're kind of right on the money there that's probably one of those three positions. However, this would be really ballsy, really ballsy. and I don't know where Ryan Pohl stands on like analytics or positional value, whatnot. David Montgomery just signed with the Detroit Lions.
0: It would be very ballsy to take Bijan Robinson. Oh, it would. It would be very, but I, I'm intrigued by a backfield of Justin Fields and Bijan. I know it's probably, I mean, you gotta get your tackle free agency if you're gonna go that route, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm not opposed to the idea at all. Um he should I mean we're we're talking realistically, he should be a top ten pick, uh talking about B. John Robinson, but we know the positional value aspect of it. Um and, and I mean there's a good chance maybe they even want to trade back even further. If they really are in on Bijan, maybe they can recoup another day two pick uh, by trading back um, a few spots and still take Bijan. So they're, they got options, man, um, for sure. Uh, They definitely have some holes to fill. So to me, I think it really comes down to who was the best player on our board that we can take right now, a nine and and they're going to have a a good pick considering there's probably going to be four quarterbacks to go off in the top 10 uh as we're expecting
1: yeah oh definitely four quarterbacks top 10 i think levis is the odd man out of the top you know i think i do think it's gonna be quarterback 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 i think arizona would be silly not to trade back silly not to trade back again you're without your starting quarterback for a good chunk of the season Uh, it makes no sense not to stack assets for next year because you're gonna have a high draft pick next year so uh i think they would be dumb not to trade out of three and i think we will get that i think indianapolis is is maybe going to get a little trigger happy Uh, they're kind of floating some stuff out in the media right now like oh they might not even take quarterback this year they're not sold on any of these guys and I think that's just some a little bit of media smokescreen to to see like well what if nobody trades up like what if we can convince nobody to trade up to three because they don't think we're gonna but I don't think anybody's gonna fall for that Chris Ballard's on the hot seat and they're gonna take quarterback that's pretty much what it comes down to but uh very interesting stuff man we got I mean, I don't think that's the last trade. Obviously, we just talked about the Cardinals. So uh, this stuff could really shake out. Now, again, the Combine's over. Free agency is into day two. Uh, next week, we could do a, a mock draft again and, and really, like, what are these teams' needs after this? And, and kind of what do our big boards look like after the Combine as well? And, and kind of meet, match those and, and marry those into a mock draft. So I'm really looking forward to that. But again, uh, we are moving on to linebackers. Again, we have done every other position outside of linebackers, running backs, quarterbacks. So we are getting there. Uh, But again, linebackers today. Devin, outside of the top two guys, man, I don't like this class at all. I don't know if you feel that way, but like outside of those top two guys, like we're talking mid day two guys, early day three guys that you really just need to find a fit for. Um, I don't know if you felt like that, but. But it was it was kind of boring for me to to watch these guys and and kind of grind through that.
0: Yeah, because like all of them, a good bit of them are not like they're not traditional linebackers in the sense. You know, like a lot of them are are playing overhang, playing kind of stack position, and then at the point of attack, a lot of them are going around blocks. They're not really taking on blocks as well. Um, they're not really doing the things you see like the the top-notch linebackers and even some of the past as well um have done like you think about some of the other classes we had and in, in linebackers in the classes we had like you know like the devon lloyd class like you know you you just gotta it, it's it's kind of difficult because like these guys are going to be specific scheme fits uh you know after the top two guys and and then you're really going to have to get creative with how you deploy some of them some of them are good blitzers, but, but don't bring a ton out. Some are uh, a little bit of pass rush, a little bit of uh, coverage ability, but, but aren't the, the greatest in the box. So it really, really is like, choose your flavor and uh, choose your fit. Um, cause, cause I mean, pretty much three through like seven or eight, you can kind of stack them depending on, on what your preference is for linebackers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm there with you again. I, I tend to, especially in today's NFL, and it's getting a little bit different. You know, this was, last season was the most successful running season, rushing season that we've seen uh, in a little while. Um, so again, we we could come back a little bit, um, to some more you know throwback physical linebackers. But as teams are playing eleven personnel and really airing the ball, out, look look at the offenses that are thriving in the NFL right now. It's like teams that are run eleven personnel a lot of shotgun and just throwing the football over the field. So I've kind of tended to lean towards like, if you have a pretty good coverage ability, I'm going to bump you up my list a little bit. So, uh, to where, you know, five, six years ago, we're probably not talking like that. Um, so just a little bit of, of my philosophy, but, but before, you know, that's probably enough talk about anything other than our rankings, Devin. So I'll let you go first. Who is number five on your list?
0: Yeah. So number five for me is uh Texas linebacker, DeMarvian Overshone. Um, Former safety, uh, that, that switched to linebacker a couple of years ago, uh, actually talked about that story at the combine. Um, he had some dogs in the secondary. It was the like Caden Stearns year and they had a few other dudes in the secondary, uh, that he was playing alongside and, um, you know, conversation between he and, uh, defensive coordinator and, and, Tom Herman at the time, um, just to, to make that decision to, to switch. Um, I think it suited him well. I think he otherwise probably would have been a probably a late day three pick at safety because he he's not the the fastest guy the most explosive guy but but he can he can move uh he can get from point a to point b pretty quickly i played a lot of the the overhang a lot of the the will linebacker role at texas um they deployed him in pass rushes uh they let you know they dropped him and and played him in man coverage against running backs so uh just off the bat i like kind of the the diversity of usage of his ability, um, having that, that safety background, being able to cover ground and cover space uh, and coverage. Uh, I thought his eyes were pretty good in, in getting, dropping the zones and uh, getting into passing lanes. Um, I also liked his ability to kind of redirect and, and find the football um, kind of like outside of the box on screens. A lot of the times he's flying down the line of scrimmage and uh, being able to uh, make plays outside of the box and uh, a little bit outside his frame. Uh, where I have problems with them is, is obviously he's not going to. Uh, it's going to take him a little bit to to be a a true uh, attacking downhill linebacker. Uh, he he just doesn't take on blocks well. Kind of moves around him a little bit. Uh, thought his his hand usage could have been better uh, at the point of attack. You know there were times he did shock the offensive lineman, uh, but just struggled like finding the football, like stacking, and shedding, and uh, getting mm-hmm. to the ball. And there were just times, like, when he did do, do it, he would, like, kind of arm tackle, or, you know, he would just didn't give the greatest effort, you know, getting off of blocks and, and making or tracking down the football. The effort and the motor are there. Um, I love that ability. Uh, like I said, the coverage ability uh, to do that and find drops and getting to passing lanes are there. Even rushing a passer, he has some pretty good – he has a pretty good spin move. Um, but But just overall, just the – in the box uh, ability just was lacking a little bit for me and why I ended up at number five.
1: Yeah. Overshone landed outside my, just outside. He landed at six for me. And and predominantly because of that, uh most of his reps, most of his good reps, my favorite reps of overshone I should say, came in overhang, came in the slot, you know, came off the edge as a blitzer. So I think there is a good amount of versatility to his game, but at the end of the day, we're talking about a linebacker and I really struggled with his eyes. Uh, when he was stacked at the second level. Um, so I think there's a pathway for him to see the field. I think he could be a will, uh, but I think he could be a dime backer. I think he's probably going to really have to fight his way out of the field early in his career though. Um, so to me that, that screams like fringe top hundred player, um, probably fourth round range is, is where I would feel most comfortable with him. Um, so just outside, just outside my top five for a lot of the same reasons that, that, that you said, um, for me, my 5 uh is is my boy Dorian Williams from Tulane. Um He's a bit of a throwback. He's a bit of a throwback. I love the turf tape, wristband, no gloves, dreads hanging out the helmet like he is just aesthetically one of the best-looking linebackers on the field. Uh and his play kind of backs it up, man. Like I I do think he struggles to to stack and shed. I think his eyes are pretty raw. I think he he just t- tends to to get shot out of a cannon uh, and go balls to the wall into his gap. Um, so I do think there's, there's some room for improvement there, but that dude is not afraid to lower his shoulder. That dude has heavy hands. Um, he's not afraid to get into people's chests. He's a solid, solid tackler. Again, I think he over pursues a little bit uh, in, in space and probably over scrapes uh, working in run support. Um, but man, he's athletic as well. And he, and he does it from a stack position. And if you look at the trajectory of his career, Redshirt or er, sophomore season, he played overhang junior season. He played Will, which was his worst graded season. According to PFF senior season, he played Mike his best season of his career. Uh, I think this guy is a, is a dude who you you can draft late third round and that you have a solid vet on your roster at Mike, you know, one, two years left on their deal to mentor this guy and get him ready to go the next year uh that's the kind of player i think dorian is and he's athletic man like there's some reps in this on, on his tape where he you know he is tracking tight ends he's not afraid to robot out and, and track up the seam a little bit he's not asked to do it a whole lot his coverage profile is pretty raw as well because he's not asked to do a whole lot at two but uh at the senior bowl there's reps of him uh tracking running backs on out and ups up the sideline like this guy can move he can get his pursuit sideline to sideline is explosive uh, I think there's a lot to like about Dorian Williams' game overall. I do think he's still pretty, pretty raw in read, react, diagnosing. Um, but when he sees something, man, his trigger's fast. He's explosive, so I like Dorian a lot.
0: Yeah, Dorian just missed my top five, but he was actually number six for me. And I, I really, I really like this game. I mean, <clears throat> I thought, you know, especially like the stacking, the shedding ability. I thought, you know, kind of is is. I don't want to say lack of length, but the, the length I could tell was was bothering him a little bit trying to uh, redirect and, and track down ball carriers while he's getting blocked. But I, I really liked his ability. Um, like you say, he shot out of a cannon, uh, does a really nice job, um, you know, tracking down the football and, and he gets to the football quickly. Um mm-hmm. It has some really impressive tapes. So I liked him to me Overshone just edged him out a little bit, but, but Dorian Williams, man, he's, he's a good football player. I think he's going to be one of those, uh, three, four contract dudes that, that just finds a way to stick around. And and people are, you know, he's, I don't think he's ever going to be like a top linebacker, but he's going to be like a reliable starting linebacker at the NFL level. A
1: hundred percent in agreement, a hundred percent in agreement. So uh, we, we can snake this a little bit. I'll go ahead and, and say my four. Um, so for me, four, and this is, this is low for more consensus is at because this guy's in like some people's top 25s, man. Like, and I'm way, way, way below that, but it's Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. Um, I get it. I mean, I get it. He's a freak. His frame, like he's built in the lab, uh, in terms of, you know, what you, you're looking for, six five two thirty, like that, that's a pretty decent frame to build off of uh and and this is was his first year playing off ball linebacker after playing edge at Alabama last year, so he's he's understandably raw uh so I get the traits and I get wanting to be high on him but man <sighs> he's soft like, he's really soft, he's versatile, but he's really soft there's no pack there's nothing packed in his hands. I don't think he stacks and sheds well for for how much length he has uh he doesn't work through the chest well either when he is blitzing uh I, I think he he does win outside shoulder when he's lined up at Sam. So, like, yeah, are are you drafting this guy to play Sam and then a designated pass rusher on passing situations? Like, is that is that your plan for him? Because like, I don't see it at Mike right now. I don't see it at Mike right now, and I think that's why where people are valuing him. Um, and even at Arkansas, man, like his his coverage profile is slim. I don't think he. I saw a rep of him either not covering a running back out of the backfield or sitting hook curl or spying. And that that was was pretty much his entire coverage profile. So I get the traits. I get wanting to be high on Drew Sanders, but man, is he a massive, massive projection right now. And that's just, ah, that's really raw. Like that's
0: really, really raw. Yeah, man, he's my 4'2", and he scares me. I am terrified of drafting him anywhere really in the top 50 because like, where do you play him? You know, it's just like, and for me, it was like, at first, I was like, "Okay, he missed a couple of tackles, but like he's there, you know, like he's in the right spot." But it kept like persisting, like he's missing tackles. Like it's not even when he makes tackles, it's not really physical. Like he's like pulling them down. So like, I don't know if it's a a weight thing, like is it like a strength thing, or or is he going to play linebacker? Like, yeah, he has some flashy plays, you know, like especially coming off the edge. He had a interception uh, that that was really nice, but. Really, outside of that, like I was finding there was like several, like, like several dozen plays sometimes in between his, like, his best reps. And it was like, I don't know how much can you bet on that. You know, like it's, it's such a projection, man. I, I like Drew Sanders' athletic ability. I think he has great size, um, great speed, but like everything else is like, it's kind of a projection at this point. Like, the the tackling profile to me wasn't fantastic. The coverage profile wasn't anything special. Um and just the eyes were were just so inconsistent from down to down. So for me, it was it was very difficult to like understand like what he his upside is, but like you gotta find that line in between like is he making these plays? Like are we sure that he's going to be like a Stack inside linebacker in NFL level, and I I can't say that definitively.
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit about like some of the higher ceiling players, but some really really low floor players like Gervin Dexter, defensive tackle out of Florida. I would say he's got a really high ceiling but a really low floor. Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee wide receiver, really high ceiling, really low floor because he's just so raw. I would put Drew Sanders in the same category as as Hyatt and as Gervin Dexter because. Yeah, the ceiling's extraordinary, but that floor, man, his floor is low. So, uh, and then I, I just pulled this up from from PFF, our friends at PFF. In 2022 alone, uh, with the with the Razorbacks, 22 missed tackles, 19.6 percent of his attempts. Missed missed nearly a fifth of his tackles
0: in 2022. That's that's like I said that the the missed tackling was the the big thing for me because like. That that's what you do at linebacker. You you can't get around missing tackles. Like, that is what you have to do. And if you're missing 19% of your tackles, man. I It's a hard sell. Mm-hmm.
1: Very hard sell. Very hard sell. Uh, So who's three for you then, Devin? Because I, I, I think we're going to have the same one and two in whatever order we have it, but who's three for you?
0: Yeah, Diane Henley from Washington State um so we have the same top three then
1: <laughs> Yeah, we do
0: um so man the only thing the first thing that stood out to me was like he he always gets to the ball like he always is fine the football always making tackles always reliable I was really surprised by his coverage profile like I saw what he did in one-on-ones at the senior bowl but I mean, it matches up on tape. Like, he's, he's finding his uh, hook to curl zones. He's, he's getting in passing lanes. Um, his drops look smooth. Uh, he's just an all around smooth football player. Like, he's not going to wow you physically or athletically, but he's dependable. Uh, he, he gets his, his spots. The age is really the only big thing. Uh, I believe he's, well, he's 24 years old already. Um, so, you know, that could, I think it probably makes him probably a mid-day two pick already, uh, just by that age. But look, I, th- I think he's going to be a, a reliable linebacker at the NFL level. Um, I really had, I had very few things that I didn't like about his game. Um, stacking and shedding was was a little inconsistent, but really, I think no one in this class like is excels at that, and and you're you're just beating due to a spot at this point, but. I, I really liked his profile in general. Uh, the Senior Bowl really gave me a, um, you know, kind of an introduction to him and what he was able to bring in table. And you go back to the tape and it matches. So I I really had no complaints about him. It was an easy, uh, number three for me uh, with Henley.
1: Yep, I'm right there with you at three, man. Again, he will be 24 in November. Um, so he's a sixth year player. Uh, started out as a wide receiver at at Nevada. Uh, after two years, made the switch to linebacker at Nevada uh, and then transfer out to Washington state this season. Um, so, and, and those instincts and coverage show up. Like I talked to him a little bit about that at the combine. Like how do you, how do your instincts as a wide receiver help you in coverage? And he, he chopped it up for me a little bit and, and it shows on tape because uh, he's, he's very good at anticipating uh, route concepts. He's very good at understanding, like, I'm passing this guy off here. I'm probably getting this right behind me. Um, very smart player, very smart player. And talking about Drew Sanders tackling attempts, here's Dan Henley's. He missed five tackles in all of 2022, 5% of his attempts. So, a much better tackler, a very good tackler um, by the standard. Um, so, he's got that coverage profile. Again, a little, a little light uh, in terms of stacking and shedding, in terms of um, what you want to see at the point of attack. Uh, but again, he's a firm tackler. He's great in coverage. Uh, I think he's athletic and he's fluid in space, man, too. He's real fluid in space. So, uh, Dan Henley, I also have. About a, a mid a mid third on him, so mid day two grade on Henley, and I think that's that's a great spot for him. Um, just a really smart, energetic player, uh, and he was fun to talk to at the combine as well, man. But um, yeah, I have Henley sitting at three as well. So, uh, and this might be where we get into a little bit of discrepancy. And for me, the the difference between these two and one. Let me pull this up real fast. Um is 0. 0.047 on my grading scale, the difference between them. Uh there's two players on my big board in between them. Um, but number two for me is Trenton Simpson uh from Clemson. Uh I think Trenton Simpson has the highest ceiling in the class. Again, he's explosive, man. It, explosive. Uh when he triggers, man, he's he can get boundary to boundary. He can play in the slot. He's he's pretty good in coverage. Um I think his eyes are a little a little rough sometimes but but when he does read React, like his trigger is Unbelievable, uh, and I think some people want to compare him to like a Jeremiah Osikoromo. Like, oh, he's undersized and he's kind of an overhang and he, Maybe he's a, safe, but like this dude's 6'3", 2, uh, 235 Like, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. So I, I think that's uh, he's he's very firm a linebacker and he's not an overhang. I think he's a stack backer. He can play stacked the second level if you need him to kick out to the slot. He can do that on some reps as well. I think he can be a tight end and a seam a seam eraser. Um, I have a high second grade on him, a high second round grade on him. Um so a a a borderline first round grade. So these top two guys I really like. Um but Trenton Simpson's gonna come in at, at two for me. And I do think he probably goes first round. I think he's he's a pretty good bet to be the first backer off the board. Um but there is still just a little bit of rawness to his game with his eyes that make me hesitant to stick him at one. Um so I've got him at two right now.
0: Yeah, for me he's uh he's higher on my list. I have Jack Campbell from Iowa number 2. And we were uh talking about this before we started recording, but uh Campbell probably has probably the best, I would say, eyes especially like recognizing route combinations in the class probably, I would say. Um and for me he was just phenomenal at at finding dig routes, at at finding crossing routes. Um it was it was a rare time where a linebacker was like physically like turning and like finding routes, um, that, that you saw on tape and, and he was anticipating it and could tell he does deep uh film study. Um he's six five. I mean, he's a big dude, um, that moves ex- extremely well for his size. Um, able to beat dudes to the point of attack. Uh obviously his High State game is, is lauded, but I think his Purdue game is just as good. Um, in terms of uh, his coverage ability and what shows his coverage profile. Um, for me, it was like very, very tight between him and Simpson. Uh, I think it was like 1.2 points separating the two. Um, but for me, with Campbell, I thought he did a pretty good job of um, stacking and shedding. Um, and and being able to, uh, you know, stick with, with running backs and, uh, tight ends in space, especially. Um, I think sometimes he, his over-aggressiveness was used against him a little bit, especially in that Michigan game. I think he's ready to attack downhill so quickly that sometimes he can, you know, the, the end arounds and, and some of the 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 eye candy can get him a little bit uh, just because he, he's ready to attack and get downhill. Um, so I saw that quite a bit. He was a little bit out of position, especially in that Michigan game. But, uh, overall, I really liked his ability to, to, once he was in making drops in coverage and getting in the passing lanes, uh, he, he was effective. Um, and he was effective giving all blocks too. Uh, he was taking on guards and tackles, uh, and stacking and shedding. So, uh, he, he is certainly, I would say probably the most complete linebacker right now, uh, compared to Simpson, but I do like Simpson's upside and, and, um uh, his uh his physical profile a little bit better than I do Campbell's but by like Campbell's game, man.
1: Man, I'm right there with you on Campbell. Uh and that's I, I I every year, man, I fall for linebackers who aren't afraid to get downhill, meet offensive linemen at the point of attack and stack shed at a high level. Uh last year was Leo chanel Leo chanel was my linebacker one. And guess what? He him or Chad Muma maybe, but like he was probably the best rookie linebacker (laughs) a year ago. Um, even though he was taken almost at the end of the, at the end of the third round, like, (sighs) and I just had that same feeling about Jack Campbell, different players. Again, Leo Chanel was used a little bit more as a designated pass rusher, asked to be a bit of a battering ram through the a gap quite a bit for Wisconsin. But I thought when he was asked to kind of drop into coverage, he showed a good profile that I could project. Uh, I don't have to project with, with Campbell. Um, because his co- public coverage profile is much better than people led me on to believe before I turned on his tape. That Ohio State game is one of the best games I've watched all cycle. Uh, Jack Campbell versus Ohio State. Um, any prospect, any position, that is one of my favorite tapes I've watched. Um, he's so freaking smart, man. He's unbelievably smart to just understand route concepts, to feel out digs, hooks, posts behind him, and get in passing lanes, Like, it's unreal. Um, and again, I, I think there. some people had athleticism concerns, and he came out of the combine and said, like, what What athleticism concerns? So uh, he checks every box for me that I would look for in a linebacker. Again, the coverage profile is there. Uh, people might say it's raw or it's incomplete, but I think it's there. I think it's there. Uh, getting downhill, it's there. Getting sideline to sideline, it's there. Like, this guy checks every box for me. So I, I don't have any concerns. I think, again, he's smart. His eyes are, are very keyed in. Uh, very refined. Like if I were a GM, I would probably take Jack Campbell as the first linebacker off the board if I had the opportunity to, but again, cause I think he can be a, a three down Mike who has the ability to, to rotate down the seam when asked to, um, even if those are kind of rare on tape, he, I mean, it's on tape though. Like it's it's there. Um, he checks every box, man, every box again, him and, and Simpson are close, but man. I really like Campbell. Heavy hands, firm tackler, sideline to sideline, athletic, big, like everything, every box checked. So
0: um, I was blown away by Jack Campbell. Yeah, he was. He was a good player, man. <clears throat> like I said, the, the Purdue game really kind of opened my eyes because, like, you know, at first, like, you know, like the the thing about the Big Ten, man, is like outside, like the Purdue and Ohio State tape. Not a lot of teams are throwing uh, throwing like they are. So, like, to me, those are, like, the two games, like, I wanted to see because, like, I knew they were going to test him, uh, especially over the middle of the field. Uh, there was a rep, and Jack- it was actually a, a rep that Jackson Smith and Jacob played against Iowa, and he ran, like, a corner route, and Campbell, it was, like, a play-action corner route, and Campbell, like, you know, bit a little bit inside, but then he found where Smith and Jigba was going got underneath the corner route and it made Stroud come off of it and, and check down to the running back. So the the coverage profile, not only like on finding like digs and, and like vertical routes, but like corner routes too, uh was really impressive. Uh but the reason for me that Trent Simpson was number one uh on my <clears throat> linebacker rankings, I just love the the tenacity he plays with. Like he's always flying to the football um everything is not perfect on film like he's, he's not a perfect stack and shedder. uh he's not uh perfect with with taking the best angles or or has the best eyes but he's always going to find a way to to impact the game um and and i love that ability uh so for me my favorite game is was the, the ACC championship game and uh, he was terrorizing uh north carolina's offensive line i know they don't have the 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 uh, high caliber offensive line like Ohio State or like some of the bigger programs, but uh what he was able to do as a blitzer, you know, uh he they were throwing him on Josh Downs <clears throat> and like running him with in the slot. And I was like this dude is insane, uh insane athletically. Um and, and they felt that comfortable with him leaving on the island with like Josh Downs and uh, some of that talented receiving core, the tight ends as well. I, I just love his ability to to be all over the football field. Um, I think, he, like you said, I think he he can be a stack backer. A lot of people questioning if he's just an overhang. Is he the undersized? He fits in the box, man. Um, for uh, the Florida State game was a little rough at times, just like getting off blocks cleanly. But even in that game, he's still making a flash plays. So for me, w- once he puts it all together. Uh his eyes, you know, improve even better. I'm I'm betting on this upside to to be uh you know one of the premier linebackers in FI think he, he can get to that level.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it's razor thin for me, man. I, I mean I really like his explosiveness, his trigger, uh his ability his athleticism. Again, he puts his butter in space, man. Like oh. so I, I I came in talking a little bit of of about this linebacker class, but I really do like Simpson and Campbell. Uh, I think those are are both probably day one starters who uh gonna make an impact on a defense. Um it, it was Razor thin. Razor thin. Um Devin, who are uh like one or two names that are, are pretty popular names that that just wound up wound up a little bit outside of your top five?
0: Yeah, uh I'm gonna start with Noah Sewell from Oregon. Um man, it was such a puzzling watch to to sit down and watch his film because like Everyone was talking about him as maybe a top five, top 10 player coming into the year. And he just looked slow on film. And I don't know what it was like. He I don't know if he bulked up and, and just wasn't the same player speed wise or what his eyes were doing. Like there were times he was legitimately lost on the football field. And it's like, where is this like supremely athletic and talented linebacker that everyone loved last year? Where did he go this year? And to me, there were like too many lapses in, in coverage. Like he was like looking around, like trying to find where he's supposed to be. I was, I was confused after watching the film. Like I, I like very rarely had to watch like five or six games of dudes. I watched the fifth game just to see like, am I missing something with him? Like, is there something that I'm missing? And it was just like, I don't know. He just did a complete 180 as a player. He just didn't look like the confident player. Wasn't taking on blocks really. Like he would make a few plays here and there, like okay, like I, all right, you're on the field still, but like, I, I just there were legitimately like stretches of plays where like, where is where is he at? Where is he going? It it was a it was a frustrating watch, man. I I don't know where he gets drafted. I don't know where his stock looks like right now. I honestly thought he should have went back to school, man.
1: Yeah, it doesn't help that he changes directions like on a, a four point turn as well. So, oh man, like he's he's very linear. I think. Uh, I was talking to a buddy at the combine and he's like, I just think he sees red all the time. And I think that's a good way to put it. Like he just chases the football, just gets downhill and chases the football. Uh, and that's not a good thing Um, a lot of the time. So yeah, I mean, I, I put a fourth round grade on him. Um, And mainly that's because he came into the combine and, and did some things I didn't expect him to do at the combine. So um, it's rough because again, we, we were talking about this guy as a, as a top, 10 top 15 player this summer and now we're like oh this guy's not gonna not gonna get his name called in the top 100 like that's that's where we're sitting um yeah that was rough um another one for me again i hit over Sean, you hit williams um owen papo and uh henry tooto um two guys out of the sec for me henry to is is uh he's a cat with the laser pointer like, that dude will sn- sniff any sort of misdirection and chase it, and that's that's a huge liability. Um, it doesn't help that he's not very physical, and then went out of the combine and didn't test very athletic. Um I'm just, I'm not on board with with to Oto, the way that, that I've, I've seen some others, like, it's not physical, cat chasing a laser pointer, no coverage profile, like, no versatility, really, like, you're not gonna stick that guy at overhang, you're not gonna play him at Sam, like, he's either at Mike or he's not on the field. So is he going to be on the field? Because I I struggle to see it. Um, and then Papo, a freak athlete, man, freak athlete. But some of those same coverage things that you saw with uh, Sewell, I saw with Papo, like, he's kind of turning his head, looking both ways, trying to, like, see people behind him instead of kind of feeling out things naturally. Um, and then his physical play strength doesn't show up. Like, his physicality, his, his athleticism, his brute force that he – That he has, obviously, as an athlete, just doesn't show up on tape. Doesn't show up on tape at all. I don't see heavy hands. I don't see a guy who can stack shed. I don't see a guy who can deconstruct blocks. It's like, it honestly looks like he's playing the game in slow motion a little bit. Like, he's not playing full speed. Like, there's still a mental lapse there where he's not playing full speed. uh, And that's evident on his tape. So, those two guys really stick out to me as
0: well. Yeah, Papo, I felt the same way. I just, his eyes were just so inconsistent. Like, that was even before I started watching him, or like I was watching Derek Hall and uh, Leota. Um, like, it, you could see him just like running, and, like chasing misdirection, and like the the plays going the other way. So it's like the physical tool that I think he's he's probably I, I could see him going in the first three rounds because the team wants the athleticism on on his team. He's going to at least be uh, a high level special teamer um, for sure. Uh, just on that, those physical gifts alone, um, but it's, it's going to take some time uh, with Papo for sure. Uh, one more name I want to bring up that uh, we talked about this. or We talked about this player. Uh, Ivan- I know who. I know who it's going to. be. Yeah, you know, I
1: knew it was going to be Ivan Pace yeah. Jr. Man, I knew it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it, it, I feel like we would be remiss not to talk about uh, Ivan Pace and because, uh, like, look, I mean, people they're going to love him. They're going to love his his Uh, personality uh his physicality um but it it, i think we 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 both know where i'm going with this um he is a blitzer Mm -hmm. uh that that does not how can i say this um he does not thrive (laughs) laterally (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and, and and redirecting um and, you know, there's going to be a role for that at the NFL, level. Like, they just want to attack downhill and, and blitz and, and cause havoc. But, like, I just don't know what to do with him, man. Like, it, it is so difficult to figure out what, what to do with Ivan Pace. Because it's like, I feel like teams are going to love him. Love is, you know, just the way he plays. But, like, how playable is that? Is my question. So,
1: again, it makes sense. I had the same feelings with with uh, Cincinnati's Mike Backer last year, the middle linebacker last year, and Darian Beavers because I also felt like, oh, this guy's a designated pass rusher. Like this uh, this guy just comes downhill, and I was like, Darian Beavers is a Sam, and people were really high on Darian Beavers, and I I wasn't one of those guys. I was like, this guy's stiff. This guy's I mean, he's long and he's 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 got some nice explosiveness, but like, wh- what does he do? Other than come downhill and I feel the same and again, it's this definitely Cincinnati scheme thing but like those are even more exacerbated in Ivan Pace, who's five ten and two hundred and thirty pounds like his body type is tiny there's a reason he didn't test at the at the combine there's a reason he didn't do a damn thing at the combine like uh, so like I think like if this guy's gonna see the field he's gonna be a base Sam backer and like that might be it. That might be it, man. Like, he's he's kind of fun to watch on tape, but like, I don't see what's going to translate. And like, when he does read react, and I mean his stat pads are amazing. Like, he's got a ton of tackles to his name, but like, they're all like three or four yards off the ball. Mm. Like, he's not initiating the point of attack uh, when he is forced to play and kind of read react in the second level. It's like, oh, these are all three, four catching off the line, like off, off the ball here. So like, I don't know what I don't I don't know what translates again we'll see if he does drills or if he tests that at at Cincinnati's pro day which i think is next week um man i i just i don't know what he does at the next level
0: yeah the to me the 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 game that shows that the most has to be the two lane game like him like one on in, one in a phone booth with tajay spears is like all right, like, I RJ get... Spears impression. got him on skates, yep. Yeah, oh. I get... There was a play at the... It was like a... No, it was a Wildcat play. <laughs> and it was basically both... It was like Oklahoma Drew. Both of them, like, meeting in a full booth. And he had no chance.
1: Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. He's a purely box player that if you get him to space, like, you're you're in trouble. Like, you're in trouble big time. So, oh, I, I just... I He'll get drafted. I think I have a, I have a sixth round, grade, a fifth round grade on him. Somebody's going to like him, but like, let me look up something real fast. I want to see if he even played special teams at, at Cincinnati, because if if he didn't, like, then like, how are you going to get on the field? How are you going to get on the field? Okay, he played field goal blocking a little bit on punt return, but that was pretty much it. He didn't even play on a punt team. To me, he feels like one of those... Three snaps on punt coverage in the bowl game when they had a bunch of people opt out. Oh, man. That's the only punt coverage snaps he played the whole season.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mm. <laughs> I... I don't know, man. That That one's tough. I have a fifth on him, too, so it's like... I already see him going later day three, but it's like we're now we're just waiting on testing. Cause like we, the thing was like going to the scene, but we knew he was going to dominate the one-on-ones with the running backs, like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to block him, That that is his bread and butter. And like, if he's allowed to like shoot gaps, like he's going to do that. But it's like, we saw as soon as he had to be in coverage, that ability to move laterally, came out so I I don't know man I I like the player I like him for what he is but um it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be tough to see where exactly he fits and and who picks him and whether they do with him because it, it's gonna have to be something very specific
1: I definitely agree definitely agree so but I think that's all the linebacker talk we have. Again, next time we'll do running backs and then quarterbacks. I think quarterbacks is just the best way to end. Everybody's going to be listening for that one, obviously. All of our 100 listeners per episode, uh, we're, we're hitting some numbers for being 13 episodes in, so I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, we're we're steadily growing, but uh, so running backs next time. Again, uh, if you have a mailbag question, go on Apple Podcasts. Rate the podcast, leave a review, put the question in the review. Devin and I will answer it on the pod, uh, and, and it'll be right there. Um, and then again, as always, check out homage. use the link uh from my substack. It's in all of the the podcast descriptions as well. Click that link and your boys get a little bit of a kickback if you use that link. So that's always appreciated. Um, but outside of that, Devin, I don't have anything else, man. What do you got, Dad?
0: Uh nothing else, man. Um we're we're closing in fast on on the draft. Uh with Lou. Little a little less than like a month and a half away. Um, it's crazy. Cause like we were waiting for the senior bowl, the combine those hit back to back and basically got a little over a month left before uh, first name gets called in Kansas city. So man, just trying to knock out these evaluations, knock out these position groups. Uh, we're almost done with those. And then of course we'll go back later and, uh, maybe look at some of those, uh, that may have changed, you know, after the the combine and pro day workouts and whatnot. But yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to get past. I'll be excited once we finish talking about quarterbacks, our, our quarterbacks episode and, uh, and really get in get into some fun content we have planned. So, uh, looking forward to that, man. Absolutely.
1: All right. Well, until next time I'm Corey, he's Devin, and this is the Daft on Draft podcast.